This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, we're back on the edge. We're always back. It's been going for three years. God, the time goes fast it's been been a little over three years and there's always two episodes a week and one on patreon.com slash andrew gold of course and today's episode is with the wonderful aliza ben shalom who is a fascinating person has very different beliefs in in the way life should be to to me and that's why i wanted to interview her to have different kinds of people different viewpoints and stuff but she is the star of netflix's jewish matchmaking and so her role is to set up different jewish people with one another i asked her today about that of course and also about matchmaking in general across other religions and what it means um you know modern dating what it means modern feminism uh whether it's a good or a bad thing that we're very individualistic and 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 we talk a little bit at the end i think i push her a bit about the what i would call the negative sides of the extreme orthodox community where people feel like they are forced to get married with certain people we talk about arranged marriages and things hope you guys enjoy today's episode do go check out jewish matchmaking on netflix go follow aliza ben shalom on instagram she also has a youtube channel so go check out all of those things loads of big episodes coming up as always but now you're on the edge of jewish matchmaking with aliza ben shalom Elisa, for those who don't know and for those who do, tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I work as a Jewish matchmaker and dating and relationship coach. I work with marriage-minded singles who are really looking to find a person. If you need a date, you could just go find a date. But if you want to find your person, your life partner, and if you want to figure out if this person is for you, that's really my area of expertise. And I've been doing this uh, for the last, I think, almost... uh, almost two decades. <laughs> it's been a while. Wow. You don't look old enough to have been doing it for two decades. So were you quite young <laughs> when you got into it? What got you going with this? Uh, yeah, so I started after I got married. And I had young children at home. And I wanted to raise a family that was the most important thing to me. But I realized I really wanted some, you know, adult conversations. <laughs> and a girlfriend said, Oh, you know, you can be a matchmaker on this website. And you can set people up. And I said, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I was always doing that on the side anyway. And I started out doing that. And it wasn't just, you know, click, click and set people up. It was actually learn who you are, and talk to people about who they are and then make what I would call smart matches and then follow up because maybe it's going to work and maybe it's not going to work and you had to navigate through the conversation and I just I fell into it and it organically grew over uh, the last number of years until it became what it is today. (laughs) That's so cool. So is there a website then that where you can start and people can start being matchmakers? Yes. So the website that I um, am using right now is jmatchmaking.com. And there's a whole series of matchmakers that work. This is specifically for Jewish matchmakers. And there's over 500 matchmakers that are on the site. There are 
I don't, I don't even know how many thousands of singles that are on there from every country all over the world. We're constantly meeting new people and connecting. And uh, it's really, it's, it's just incredible. It's a really incredible network. Does this go back to a sort of Jewish tradition? Uh, I can't remember the name. Is it Shidduch? Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, making a shidduch or working in shidduchim, which is the plural of it, is the age-old tradition of setting people up. Sometimes people talk about the yenta of the community, you know, that it's normally a negative term, but it really refers to being uh, somebody who is going to set people up and to bring people together. Um, I actually have a podcast uh, with two of my matchmaking girlfriends, and we call ourselves the yentas, and we're trying to kind of reclaim the name and give it, uh, you know, a, a shinier, a, a new modern age look. Why was it pejorative? You know, the, the job that we have to do is very personal and you have to talk and schmooze and get to know people. And it feels like it could get into like a gossipy type of situation. Oh, well, I know this one and I know that one and oh, this one's good, but this one's not. And we're, you know, positives and negatives and why somebody would make a work for a match and why it wouldn't work. And so it would seem and appear like there would have to be a lot of conversation around this, which if it's done improperly, it turns into gossip. And if it's done properly, it's the holiest, most important work that you can do to have a conversation about who somebody is and then go into the world and try to find a person person who's a match for them. So I think it just it, it got a bad rap over the years because of the nature of the type of work that it is. And I think that we do have to walk a very fine line in how we carry ourselves. I think that can be hypocritical though, the criticism, because um, it's we do like to gossip. And I sometimes gossip on this podcast a little bit and people start going oh you're being gossipy because i'm talking about a particular celebrity or whatever and we evolved in tribes to gossip it was the, like the social cohesion and the glue that brought us together i know we shouldn't be talking badly about people behind their backs and things like that but i think maybe we give our ourselves a bit of a hard time about doing something that comes so naturally to us which to, to gossip you know um so how many people have you got in your mind right now? How, are there just like loads and loads of names of men and women in the Jewish community? And you're thinking this one and that one. How's that in your head now? <laughs> yeah, it's a big soup all mushed up in my brain at the moment. I do have to use the database because I'm meeting so many people. Um, since the show, I've been going on a world tour and um, I will be in London. I do have plans to come in the fall. Oh, wow. Yeah, so cool. uh, maybe we'll get to say hello. Let's get coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, don't set me up with anyone, though, because I'm engaged. So don't be setting okay. me up with anyone. Okay, that's it. You're taken. <laughs> the world should know. Yeah. Congratulations, Mazel tov. Off the market. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Would I, would I, if I were single, and I ask this fully in the knowledge that my fiancé is the editor of this podcast... <laughs> If I were single, would I be a good, um, uh, would you think, okay, he can get a l lots of Jewish, because well, I'm Jewish myself, so that, I, I imagine that's important. They have to be Jewish, right? Right. So I, I think I would need to know more about you to know how I could match you. Um, just from the basic information that I see and I know, uh, you sound like a good human. Although I will give you like a little like, no, no on the gossip thing. <laughs> <laughs> But we could talk about that later. Yeah, uh, very gossipy. Needs a gossipy <laughs> partner who is willing to gossip about others. That might be hard. Well, that should be easy to find, but they have to be able to admit it to you, the other person. No, we need the opposite to balance you out. Somebody who's not gossiping, somebody who has plenty of other things to talk about besides gossip. <laughs> 
<laughs> we just need to keep you busy, you know? <laughs> I, I've seen, I, I did notice that in the show Jewish Matchmaking on Netflix. I did notice there was a bit of like opposite. You you were thinking that way. So is that often how you're thinking? Are, are there some parts where you like, okay, that needs, like what are the bits that need to be similar? And what are the bits where you're like, oh, a yin and yang could be quite good here? Oh, it's a good question. So a lot of people talk about opposites attract. And uh, it's a nice say saying, it's a nice phrase, it's things that people have thrown around for years, but it's just not true. What happens is that people of similar, uh, that have similarities, now that what's similar, that's the question, but similarities attract. And things that are opposite challenge us to grow in our relationship. And actually what you'll see is in a first marriage, people usually choose somebody or more likely to choose somebody who is more opposite or different to them or has many differences versus a second marriage where people are like, okay, did, been there, done that. Let's actually just choose somebody who's more similar because I know that that's going to be a little bit easier for me to manage in a relationship. So we're talking about things like qualities, uh, what do I value? What do I want in a person? What type of a person am I looking for? Should they be uh, more intelligent, more athletic? Should they be somebody who's more grounded or somebody who's more spiritual? We want to know about personality types. And are you looking for somebody who's more open to experience or somebody extroverted or a little bit more reserved? What, it, what are those things that you're drawn to? Because if you're drawn to it, there is going to be a personal chemistry and that's going to be what carries the relationship interesting and and it's, I, I guess most of my listeners and, and viewers are, are probably not jewish just to, statistically so it's probably only actually about one percent or something of them are so i'm thinking what they might be thinking which is like hey i'm sort of left out of this do you know of matchmaking services for people outside of uh judaism and would you ever entertain if someone came to you and said look i need a i need a match here i'm not jewish uh who can i what can i do Okay, so we are networked out the wazoo. <laughs> we have all of the connections to matchmakers worldwide. We have different groups that we're a part of, um, and we are constantly communicating with each other. We will refer a client to somebody. Um, I mean, we'll refer a client to a matchmaker that is a good fit for them because I have to be a smart and a good matchmaker, which means I have to set them up with the right person. And if I'm not the right person, I could get them to the right person. And we have people people all over the world that are doing that from all different backgrounds. So all ages, all stages, all religions, um, and anybody who's looking for something, yes, we could be a network. But if you want relationship coaching, if you want support in figuring out how do I know if this is my person, if you want any kind of support like that, that we can totally do. It's just the matchmaking piece in terms of our network. We don't have a large, like our Jewish network is our area of expertise. And um, the other area we would count on our matchmaking colleagues to help us out. I see. I'm an atheist. Would that be a big no-no? Would that be very difficult to find me someone? No, I think there's other atheists in the world. Yeah, but not. But in your in your community. <laughs> yeah, there's Jewish atheists, of course. There's all who there's, come to you. There's a Jew boo, right? The the <laughs> Buddhist What's Jews. The, yeah, the, the, <laughs> they call them Jew boos. There's atheists. There's there's. It doesn't matter. There's many different Jews from all different backgrounds with all different beliefs. I've had people say, Eliza, I'm Jewish and I never dated anybody Jewish. And I don't even know if I want to date somebody Jewish, but I want your help. And can we talk about it? I said, sure. Let's have a conversation. Let's learn about who you are, what you want, what you value and how we can support you. That's interesting. So <laughs> being Jewish is a, is a 
is a complex thing. And I, I've interviewed a lot of people who were like in the Haredi communities or who had left and everything. And it's very difficult to pin down what it actually means. Uh, we don't necessarily look different from other people. And it's very hard. So, And some people say it's your beliefs that make you Jewish. Some people say it's a sort of it's the race or the heritage and the culture. There was a I think it was a Curb Your Enthusiasm and his lawyer pretends to be Jewish and has a fake Jewish name because he, know, he forgives, thinks it gives him some like gravitas in the community or whatever. And he, he uses Jewish jokes. I think in Seinfeld as well, there was a dentist did that. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm asking, do people fake it? And also, or, or do you have to prove it somehow? Or is it just, you, you know, you take someone's word for it? So in terms of Judaism, and I explain this also in the show, we follow the mother's line. So if your mother's Jewish, your mother's mother is Jewish, right? On that lineage, then you're somebody who's Jewish. Um, if you've converted uh, to Judaism through we're going to, I'm going to use a big word, halachic Judaism, like according to Jewish law, then uh, you would be considered Jewish. And that's like the Jewish lineage. We do look into Jewish lineage. We do look into where people um, are from. It's not about how you were raised and it's not about how you feel. A lot of people, they will say like, oh, I feel Jewish or I feel, if I am Jewish, I feel that I'm not Jewish or whatever. Judaism isn't based on a feeling. Judaism is based on uh, our maternal lineage um, and where we come from. So that's handed down from generation to generation. And we do look into those things so that we can make an appropriate match and try to get people who are aligned together. I guess I'm a bit, there's part of me that's torn because I really like uh, what you do and I think it's great and it helps a lot of people. And then part of me is going, is this a bit exclusive? Is it excluding other people? <laughs> People. Do you battle with those questions yourself at all? Are you meaning like by putting Jewish people together with Jewish people? Is that the yeah. like, root of the question? So same way that I would say you, I would put Christian people with Christian people. I would put Muslim people with Muslim people. I put Hindu people with Hindu people. So again, similarities help to build a foundation of a relationship that has the ability to last a lifetime. It's very difficult to bring families together. Uh, if we look at uh, the rate of intermarriage and the rate of divorce and the reasons behind it, it's bringing different people together that um, makes it very difficult. So again, the more similarities that we have, the more likelihood we have at having a relationship that will last a lifetime. So to me, I don't need to get you together just so that you can get divorced, just so that you can call me again, just so that you can get back together again with somebody. That doesn't work for me. Good business model. Right? Yeah, it's a techno. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> I don't Make like that business model. I, I, you know what? I listen. I'll never go out of business. Why? Because as long as babies are being born, there's new soulmates coming into the world. I'm always going to have a job. But I don't need somebody to be a repeat customer. They can just send their friends. It's not a problem. But Man, it, it was it was actually boy. somebody Christian who taught me this when I was in college, and and I was having a debate, and I was saying what you were saying. I was like, well, what's the big deal? Who who? You know, anybody could marry anybody. It really doesn't matter. And he's like. You marry your people and we'll marry our people. It works out better. We have the same holidays. We have the same traditions. We have the same customs. Even if you don't have the same beliefs, you're raised in a certain family in a certain way. There's things that, you know, as, as at, at the time I was a young adult, a college student that you don't understand yet. He was trying to explain this to me and, and it finally, um, sunk in and it was something that I really took to heart where there is a match and where it makes sense, but it's not, 
every everybody should get married, but you want to get married to your soulmate. You need it to be the right person. Well, it needs to be the right soul. That soul needs to match. And that's how we do it. We match match souls. And one of the big ways is how we're raised and and what our religious affiliation is. It's a very important piece of the puzzle. I don't think I believe in the soul. <laughs> Am I going to hell? I don't, <laughs> you don't if you don't believe in a soul, then you don't believe in hell either. <laughs> Yeah, but what do you believe? You should be worried about my soul. Oh, I, you don't need to believe in it for it to exist. I don't need you to believe in it. And um, if, if you don't believe in it, it doesn't mean that you're going to a bad place, the bad place that you also don't believe in. Um, I think that <laughs> That's true. I think that beliefs are things that shift over time as we have different pieces of information and knowledge. And so I think this is based on a system of beliefs that you have. And um, I heard somebody say this, like, you know, if you want to live in a godless world, go for it. And, you know, for me, I enjoy living in a world full of God, divine inspiration, and and a lot of, uh, you know, divine, I get a lot of divine assistance and, and I enjoy that. But if it doesn't suit you, then, you know, you can live differently. That also works. I actually envy yeah, I envy you because I, I don't want to live in a godless world. I want to believe if I could get an injection in my head that made me believe, I think I would just do it because it would give me comfort because I'm up at night at three in the morning just thinking about mortality. Not always. Don't want to give the impression I'm going for a bad state. I'm all right. And I wish I did. You know, I would love to have that. I'm, I'm interested in, what, in what, you've, what you've said, though, because I think uh, about intermarry like staying in your own sort of thing um and it's the kind of thing that i suppose the progressive in me again from maybe when i was a bit younger like alarm bells are ringing just like they were for you and that progressive's going like what we should all be and of course i think and i think you would say this is what you're talking in generally aren't you because there are a lot of people who are very different who who make a huge success of it there'll be people listening now who who do that of course but i yeah i i went through my life and I never had a Jewish girlfriend for in my 20s and teenage years. And I think part of that was like, uh, to, to prove, like, why do I want the same, th you know, and I went and lived in different countries. I wanted lots of different and experiences. And then the person that I've ended up with is Jewish. And <laughs> Wait, I gotta just, I just gotta laugh for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, divine I hated humor, it though. this divine humor. <laughs> I know. If, if if I believed in God, I think he's playing a trick on me. And I just I couldn't believe that. It really annoyed me because you know my dad would always sort of ask about any your girlfriends, as the parents do. Well, oh, you know, I've made it in my head. I've made him Yiddish sounding, which he's not. Well, is she uh, is she Jewish? And and I was always like, no, oh. you know. And I I went away and I went to South America. I went to Argentina, and she's Argentinian. And the last place, although I later came to realize there's just loads of Jews in Buenos Aires, the last place I expected to find a Jewish girl. Wait, you know, I'm going there. I'm going there. Are you? For, on the world tour. Ooh. I'm going there. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm going. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. 
To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, well, let me know if there's anyone I can, I don't know who, but I could hook you up with someone or something. I don't know what. But, or, who, or who do I know that needs a, a girlfriend? <laughs> who needs a, a match? Send them to my program. I'm doing a, a, a live matchmaking event. Yeah, it's going to be spectacular and a lot of fun. But yeah, you, you you go to a foreign country and you're thinking, I got it now, right? I don't have to satisfy anybody. And then who do you find? And you end up with a, your, your Jewish soul. So wait, if you don't believe in God, then you don't believe in soulmates because you don't believe no. in the soul. No. So you just have a mate, according to you. <laughs> well, I suppose mate in in British English yeah, is just know, a friend, it's a, isn't yeah. it? This is a marriage mate. In the, yeah, I think so. In the evolutionary sense of the word, she's a mate, uh, a mating partner. Though I won't go too far into that publicly <laughs> to, into, as to what that entails, because she will not be happy with me as she edits this podcast. But you know, she mate in that sense. Yes, and we get on extremely well, and we like the same things, and we gossip about the same things, and <laughs> and all of that stuff. But both of us are um, not religious, um, although you know we go back to our family for Passover and all those um, kinds of things. I, I think the biggest part where it's actually helped because I do think I, you know, I do think I could easily have a relationship with someone who's not Jewish. I think I think it was just a coincidence that it happened. But there, there's one aspect where that was was a big thing and that's because i had um an, an ex-girlfriend and we were together for a few years uh this was a french woman and 
we, towards the end of any relationship, you're arguing and you're saying things and all these, you know, you say things you don't mean and I don't know what. And we'd, we'd never even mentioned my being Jewish because I've because I'm an atheist. We don't really talk about it or anything like that. But we got in a bit of an argument where I, you know, we were supposed to go somewhere. She didn't get her passport. And I said, can you go and maybe if you pay the passport people, you can get away with it or whatever. And she said, this isn't the Jewish mafia or something like that. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? And how long's that been in your mind? And all that stuff. So that is the only place where I've really noticed, like, okay, that's that's something that at least I know my partner now. And I know most people don't harbour those kinds of beliefs, of course, but I know for sure my partner doesn't because she is Jewish. So that's the main thing. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And we don't know what's going on for other people. And it's not... It's not even about that, but again, there that's like the base of what really are the differences and what really are the challenges that we're going to come upon and what happens when, I don't know, she wants to, I'm making up a story, baptize the baby and you don't even believe in God and, and then maybe her religious beliefs come into play, which are different because you don't even have religious beliefs, you know, like it just, it gets complicated and and. Like attracting like makes it a lot easier for me in all areas, personality, also um, values and what you who you are, what you like to do in the world. Um, those things are really important as well. In your role, you've seen a lot of people, you know, get married and do well together and not do well together. So you must have a pretty fair sense of people. I imagine not just Jewish people because we're all quite similar in, in a way. You know, we're people, aren't we? What What have you learned about people aside from similarities work uh, and and do you have concerns about some aspects of modern dating things like tinder and the way you know the expectations people have today the biggest challenge of modern dating is that most daters are not motivated to find a life partner until a much older age so we are seeing the average age of marriage you know when it used to be in the young 20s we're lucky if it's in the early 30s and it's common when it's in the late 30s and early 40s and so we're shifting our priorities in life we're very hyper focused on being individuals and being independent and being able to build my own life and do my own thing and then finally once i've got all that established yes i will go find a life partner poof plug them into my life and yay everything will be fine and clearly, if I've built my life to be independent and you've built your life to be independent and we both want to plug the other one in, uh, which world are we actually going to live in? It's actually going to be highly problematic and challenging. So uh, the the best advice that I can offer to people is to think about life, think about relationships and to have a consideration in mind where like get curious about this thought for a minute and consider maybe shifting your priorities become who you need to become establish who you want to be in the world do what you want to do but before you run away with the world try to find a life partner and do that together with your partner because it's going to be a lot easier to build that relationship and build yourself up when you have somebody by your side do you think these are some issues with perhaps modern feminism and modern progressive politics and things? Yeah, I don't talk about politics too much because anything that doesn't talk about love, I don't talk about. <laughs> so I just stay away from it. Um, it's, it's the evolution of the world. It's that we have chosen to believe in ourselves in our again in our individualism more than in the collective we even just as a community as a society people think about i 
they're not thinking about us or about we, or not enough of us are doing that regularly enough, and not enough of us know. Like if, if I would ask you, like, how are we really going to change the world? How are we going to impact the world? And somebody's going to tell you, well, I'm going to start this company. And somebody else is going to tell you, I'm going to volunteer, okay? But to me, how are we really going to impact and change the world? How are we going to do something as big as bring world peace, right? To me, world peace begins at home. So if that's the answer and that's my answer, then where is home and who's at home? And it's not just my nuclear family that I grew up with. I've got to go out there and build my new home. That's the most important business, the business of love, the business of building a family, the business of building a home. That's the foundation to me that is going to transform every other business that we're going to do in the world and every other way that we're going to be successful because we know that happy, healthy relationships, marriages, and families breed people who live longer, who are more successful in life, and who are able to accomplish their goals and their dreams. So to me, this is the fuel and the foundation of everything else that's going to happen in the world. And so by me, I just, I need that to happen across the board, all cultures, all people, all backgrounds, all countries, if we could all get on board with finding a life partner and building a beautiful home, I think that the world would be, that's like the law, Elisa thinks the world would be a better place. But I really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, some of that, I, I, I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of that. And I, I you know, Jordan Peterson is a, a psychologist who says a similar thing. Um, uh, make your bed. I always do the impression of him. But he, he says, make your bed before you, you know, before you go on and uh, try and take on the world. Make sure your home life is right. I've always heard the expression charity starts in the home as well, because I remember living with certain people, people I knew back in the day, who used to talk all the time about the activism they were doing, which wasn't really much at all, and then weren't like washing the dishes, and they were just leaving that to other people and stuff. And I always thought, start at home start from where you are at you know and your friends and your close ones and your loved one if you're a good person and you want to build your life on a steady foundation then if you want to go and save the world on top of that i think you're in a better position to do it but then okay so the first woman on netflix um is obviously quite an attractive woman right but she can't get a date that's why she's come to see you um and she's saying she's got the most perfect eyebrows and she's talking about her eyebrows, and that's fine i think there's nothing wrong with that and she needs a man, she says, who will worship her. That's her problem. So what I'm wondering <laughs> is, to what extent are you thinking as a matchmaker? Uh, and I'm talking maybe in general, but when are you ever thinking, you know what, you might benefit from a, from a therapist? <laughs> are you ever thinking that? There are people that I refer to a therapist. Um, you're wow. speaking about Danny, and uh, Danny and I talk often. We're we're connected uh, online, yeah. and we're. You got to be careful what you say then. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I'm connected. I'm really no, no, no. I'm really connected. I mean, listen, we're, you're the. I'm not into the gossip thing, but um, <laughs> what I can tell you is that what I saw in interacting with her. Um, she also, she likes to laugh a lot. She likes to play. Like the way that she says things is very playful. But at the root of it, is she saying anything different than anybody else is really saying? Like, would you rather that your wife worships somebody else than is like really deeply satisfied with who you are? I don't think so. I think you're going to be pretty happy that she looked all around the world and she went, no, nope, not him. And she looked at you and she went, Andrew, I pick you. I pick yes. you, you're mine, I'm yours, that's it, you're my one. Like, And that's that feeling of saying, like that, the language of like somebody who worships me. That's not really, that's that's fun, playful language. It's great for television. Okay. Okay, but at the root of what she's saying <laughs> is, I want somebody 
who picks me and I want to pick them. But you want that too. And I want that too. She's no different than any of us. She's just willing to say it in front of millions of people. Yeah. Well, there, there is some. There is something to that. And I don't mean to judge these people because I also know there's hours and hours of recording. And then it's, as you say, it sounds yes. good on TV. <laughs> and, and good on her for being honest. You know, we're all sitting there scared to say the right thing. Good on her. Let her enjoy her eyebrows and stuff. They did look good, I think. I don't I don't have good opinions about like what things look like, but it's, they seemed fine uh, to me. But I just think, to me, there's, there is also, I would also say there's a diff- I know it was a playful word, I suppose, but yes. worship, I've heard that yes, from other people. Yes. I guess that's why I'm bringing that up. People want someone who's going to worship them. And I think, but what, why? Sh- but what is she really saying? Define it. Define what worship means. Well, that, Define that it. That depends. That, yeah, so it depends what she really means. Because if she means worship is in whatever I do, I'm fine. No. And I think maybe that's not what she means. But a lot of people nowadays, I think, do expect that. And when you said deeply satisfied, I thought that's a, that's a much better term. Right. Right. But it's it's not as sexy for the language that you would want to use on a show. I mean, this wasn't, it's not scripted. This It's literally what came out and it's a playful interaction. And I, I engage in play with the people that I'm working with and I want them to feel at ease. I want them to feel relaxed. I know that when we laugh more, that it releases positive things in our body that help us to build connections and bond with other people. So I try to do that as I'm, me- as I'm meeting people and I, I also don't judge them. So, or if I judge what she's saying, I'm interpreting it to understand truly what she means. So I'm not judging it and criticizing her for it. I'm going, no, I get you. I want somebody like that too. I want somebody who thinks that I'm the most important person to them. More important, more important than anybody. I don't, I don't want either. Also, I don't want my husband or I to love our children more than we love each other. The foundation starts with a couple. It's the two of us against the world or or just in the world right but it's the two of us like it's jewish math goes like this one plus one equals one okay you're taking two people sorry you're taking two souls which you don't believe in but it's fine and it's fine, but it's in fine. but in in this world we're two bodies but we go in the world together as one yes i go to my work you go to your work you do your thing i do my yes but like we picked each other, right? It's not the worshiping. Again, it's the, I chose you, you chose me. We're on the same path. We're heading in the same direction. Our kids um, growing up, you know, we would over and over, like, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. We would continually tell them the same message. Like, don't ask, you know, me, and then don't ask your father and, and go back and forth between us. We're on the same page. So one time, one of our kids, I'm like, you know, and they like, give me the lecture back. They're like, you're on the same table. And I was like, yes, table, page, whatever. You got it. We are the same. (laughs) Don't split us, right? We're together. We're connected. So that's, that's the, again, I look to understand what somebody means. And after she said that, right, I would say something back to her, which you'll never see on TV, which would say, oh, you mean like you want somebody that really values who you are, understands who you are, respects who you are. Okay. And that's what you're looking for. You want somebody to buy into you and you want to buy into them. And she's like, yes, exactly. But that those cuts don't make it. You don't get you don't get all of that. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. If you do that, because because I'm projecting as well, because I'm just thinking about something that bugs me in my life it's just people want stuff 
and I know I'm becoming quite grouchy as they get old people want stuff and they don't want to work on themselves and then they expect everything to come from them uh, the second man in the series and I'm not going to go through criticising all of them because they actually seem like very nice people they're very attractive people which I'm always happy about as well as a Jewish person because obviously there's been so much propaganda over the years of these sort of you know if we go back to the 1930s of course these horrible looking you know Jewish cartoons and these are all very attractive people so I'm sort of pleased to see that um, and this guy seems fine he's a nice guy he lives with his parents still um, and he was worried that you wouldn't find him someone beautiful enough for him and he's even saying on the date and he th- that you did find a very beautiful girl yeah. who seemed great yeah. and interesting and interested and then he's just like well I don't know if she's beautiful enough for me and it's like mate you live <laughs> <laughs> and again he's a nice guy I'm not having I'm not being completely cool. I thought you live with your parents you work with your mum this girl's much more independent she's moved around. she's so cool and I thought, why Why do you believe... Okay, my concern... What I'm getting at here is my concern... If And I think you probably are on the same page with this, I think. But if, if we are too much about, like, we're just the same team and only that, then we're not going to work on ourselves. And then why, why should this person stay with me if I'm going to be slovenly, slovenly and, and not work and this and that? Do, do you get what I'm saying? A little bit. <laughs> uh, what I hear is that we have to take a look in the mirror and see who we are and give a fair evaluation and try to match ourselves with somebody that's going to be reflective of that. And you're not seeing those two people that you're describing as compatible necessarily because she's worked hard to be independent and do her own thing. And he's not there yet. So um, again, like, let's take it back. He values family. He comes from a Sephardic family, which traditionally, they will live at home longer and maybe even until they get married. It's just kind of normal. It's what they do. They're very family centered and they're very family integrated and the whole like again I don't have a negative judgment if I'm looking at something my goal is to understand who are you what do you want what do you mean and what can we make work and I like I don't really care you you want tall or short or like everybody wants somebody that's beautiful in their eyes and then I just have to understand what does beautiful mean to you not just on the outside on the inside what makes you smile because when you roll over in the morning and you look at somebody you want to be satisfied on a daily basis and it's not their face that's going to satisfy you it's how they treated you last night at the end of dinner before you went to bed Okay, so I have to know that it but it has to be a face that we can also look at and you and I like unless God forbid somebody's blind. If you're blind, you don't need that. It's it's not like a joke, but for real, you don't. It's not a thing that you actually need. But if your eyes are working, we do need the physical side and and but it's not only that and it has to be some balance between the inside and the outside. And I just have to say that personality doesn't sag. Right. But, you know my skin will and it will get wrinkly and so will yours and maybe we look good today but in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years we'll look good in a different way with lots more wrinkles okay but the way that you treat me today and every day when I wake up that that never gets old that only gets shinier more bright and more fantastic and that makes me feel so much more drawn to you as a person yes I still have to look at your face 
but it's not going to stay 20, 30, 40. God willing, we're going to live a lifetime together. And so, yeah, we're going to end up 80 and not looking so pretty anymore. <laughs> and who do I want to schlep along with me throughout this whole life? I'm worried that guy's still going to live with his parents when he's 80. He could. I mean, there are a lot. Listen, traditionally, families, it's only a modern concept that we move out, that we don't mm, take care of true. our elders, right? Like, this isn't even a normal thing. And Sephardic Judaism has a lot more rich, they're, they're more rich and dense culturally. They've hung on to the traditions more of just how we live as humans and how we take care of each other, our families, our children, our grandchildren. Like, it's all one. Everybody's just pitching in. It's actually beautiful. It's not, you know, it looks like, oh, my gosh, it's not modern. Yeah, at the same time, it is modern. It can be it can be old and new together. We just marry the concepts and, and uh, make it work. Yeah, I think it's great, actually. And I love that I'm being introduced to another way of the world working, and it seems like it does work uh, very well. I should say as well about the, me not believing in a soul and stuff like that. A lot of the viewers and listeners do, and probably 50% or so, I think. Um, and I respect them, and I always do. I would never want to belittle other people's beliefs. And, you know, I hope I'm wrong. That's the thing about that. Um, but it does sound like this is an okay way of living. I, I, when I was 20, as I say, I'd have been like, what? I don't like the idea of this. Everyone's staying in their groups. But maybe some people like that and need that and whatever. What do you think about things like, and it's not just in um, like Haredi traditions and the, the, the sort of extreme Jewish traditions, it's not, uh, Islam and several other cultures, arranged marriage, things like that? It was something that's been done for thousands of years, much longer than modern dating. And we see that it's been done quite successfully. The rates of marriage, um, the success of people building lives and families together. If we compare modern day and we just take a snapshot, even 200 years ago, forget about 500, but we could go back very far, you see that there are much healthier long-term relationships and marriages. So I think that it has the potential to work and to be something that could be very good. I think that unless you grow up with that or unless you desire that strongly, there's there's been some modern shows that have come out like arranged where they will do this or like met you at the altar kind of thing. There have been things like that. But unless you buy into that, which is I know that what you're choosing for me is something that will be good for me and I am choosing to adapt to whatever you send me and I'm going to make that work. Unless there's the commitment to do that, we can't do it, right? You can't just go, well, well, if you want to pick my person, so you pick it, we'll get married. Let's see how that goes. That's not going to work out very well because that's not a marriage-minded attitude. If you say I'm committed to building a relationship with somebody, to building a lifetime with somebody, then we have the possibility to use this and and use it as a, a tremendous tool i have seen this is another thing where like the 20 year old me would have been like what that's so horrible and all this stuff and now it's like i've seen stats that show that apparently people from arranged married uh, marriages are happier in general uh, and I wonder if a lot of that is to do with like there's so much choice in today's world. I know that often I'm happier in a restaurant where it's just like that's the thing they make. You know, we're at the restaurant. This right. is the thing they make. It's hamburgers. Right. That's what I'm having. When there's like 50 things, I'm like, oh. And then whatever I have, I'm like, oh, maybe there's another interesting thing I could have right. had. I should have ordered other... that. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely some of that. Right. It's still, it doesn't, it's not for me because I, I, I guess I am a bit individualistic in, in how I view the world. And, uh, you know things i i suppose i value the, i guess it's a battle between uh individual f liberty and potential collective happiness 
I don't know. I haven't thought about it in that way. I'd have to like sit and ponder that. I feel like that's a very mm. deep thought. <laughs> I think the difference is who do I trust to make my decisions and people that are, and most mostly they are faith-based people that have done arranged marriages. They believe in divine intervention. They believe that there's an assistance from above. They also believe that their family has the ability to support them in the greatest way possible. And in combination with God and my family, they're going to choose the best person for me. But that's just not it's 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 not a consciousness that we live with in the modern day world uh, unless we're coming from that type of a uh, of a of a thinking because there's a very big difference between that and what you do because it seems like you're setting people up with dates and then hey you enjoy your life i'll set you up with another one if that doesn't work i guess Whereas mm. I've spoken to some people, well, you wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, we do set people up, but we don't just set them free. So for me, more important than making a match and setting them up is prepping them so that no matter who comes into their life, they will be ready to live uh, with that partner for a lifetime. So I am actually, people think it's dating coaching because we call it dating coaching because that's really trendy and people are okay with the term dating coaching. But really what it is, is marriage life advice for the world so that you can actually get married and stay married because getting you married is not my biggest problem. You staying married and choosing that person for the rest of your life, that is actually the biggest issue. By the way, sorry, I know you think finding your person was the hardest thing, but now you're actually going to enter the hardest stage of your life, which is maintaining and building your relationship to last a lifetime. And if I give everybody those tools right now as they're dating and everything that they do in dating is also actually relevant for marriage and long-term healthy relationships... Now I've really done my job. Setting you up, I don't actually care who sets you up. I care that you meet the right person and I care that you know what to do when you meet them to keep them. So do you fully expect then when you set somebody up that they will get married and stay stay forever? Do you have like a rough idea of the, the, the success rate around that? Um, well, we know the world statistics on marriage are pretty poor, like over well over 50%. Um, they, if you do compare the secular world to the religious world, the religious world drops drastically. It can be anywhere between 10 to 20% uh, divorce rate versus over 50%. So it's not a bad thing to believe in God and to have some sort of faith base. They, they tend to... Uh, live happier, healthier relationships uh, and lives and, and have happier, healthier marriages. Um, but I would say that in general, I would expect that everybody has free will. So you can choose to stay or you can choose to go. And uh, we need to just empower ourselves with the right tools. So what is the overall? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look back and see. We have a much higher success rate of marriage. I mean, our numbers are probably... Um, even even lower than 20%, I would say probably, you know, 10%, maybe 10%, maybe 50, 15%. But if, you know, if 90 out of 100 yeah. people stay married, I'm thrilled, thrilled. Because there's, again, I'm, I'm competing with oh, the wait, world. What was the 10%? What was the 10% again? What were those no, stats? No, 10% that would maybe get, to, if they would choose to get oh, divorced. Divorce. Yeah. I thought you were saying 10% or 20% that you set up end up getting married. No, in terms of setting up who get married, no. Okay, you have to understand statistics of, of dating and matchmaking. It goes like this. I am basically a failure. 
Okay? And then I make a match and it works and they get married. Yay! Oh my gosh, she's a matchmaker! And everybody gets all excited, right? But how many dates and how many people did you go out with before you decided to pick the one? Okay? So do the numbers, right? Could be 50, 100, 200. I've heard numbers. 300. I've heard lots and lots of numbers. People will go out with many people and they will all be wrong unless it's the one. So I personally expect for me to always be wrong unless it's right. That's basically how it goes. But my goal is that we are much, even what's wrong is much closer to being right than anything else. Meaning, yeah, it didn't work out. It ended up being a miss, but wow, I really get it made sense. It, it, I understand why you're thinking like this. And it was a really good shot. Like if, if I only had, I play this game. Okay. Andrew, if you only had 10 people that you could date in the world. And by the time you get 10, Oh, nope, not my person. Nine. Okay. Oh, not my person. Eight. Oh, seven. Six. We keep counting down. Okay. Who would you actually choose to date? Okay, so I'd much rather be very conscious and filter through dozens or hundreds of people. And I'd rather personally go on a first date with them and say no to them for you than have you date them. And then I only present people that are really honed in to who you are. So I'm just like, I'm a headhunter. I'm going to I'm going to do the hard work and just present what makes the most sense. Interesting. Okay, so and, and do you have an idea of percentages around like how many go on to get married? We set up so many people. Like since the show, we have our online matchmakers working as well. Um, and there were <laughs> over 600 dates in 30 days <laughs> that happened. So, I mean, and how many people would you expect that they, you know, poof, all of a sudden got married? Uh, it's a, it's a very hard industry to be in. I don't, I don't have numbers and t- statistics, but I could tell you that I think that I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't um, doing something right often enough. But it's a hard, it's a hard industry. If you are built on only seeing marriages that come out every single time, you shouldn't go into this industry. You have to have a thick skin. You have to be able to tolerate the process. You have to be able to understand that people are people and they have free will. They get to choose who they want and what they want and when they want. And even if you bring them on a silver platter exactly what they're looking for, they're probably still going to say no. There's still going to be a reason why one side is going to say no and walk away. And you have to be able to tolerate that and navigate that and still give them all the skills that they need to find the right person and to make a decision to say yes and move forward. The people in the Jewish matchmaking series, these were all mostly like very beautiful American and Israeli people um, uh, and, and very modern looking and all of that. Do you also matchmake for Haredi communities, which for those who don't know, that's sort of the very orthodox who who have the the hats and the, the, the sects. It's a bit of a sect, some people would say, in like uh, New York and places like that. We do matchmaking for those communities as well, but there are a lot of internal shadchanim matchmakers uh, that are doing that, that are very close, that kind of have been within families for generations. So they would lean more along the lines of the families that used to be doing the arranged marriages and are doing the marriages with the matchmakers and trying to make these things work. And so a lot of the a lot of that is very insular and it's a very tight-knit community. So it's not an area that I'm heavily involved in, but I have lots of contacts and lots of matchmaker friends that are working in that world and I would refer out to them. Because I suppose looking at the whole matchmaking world, I think you've convinced me on a lot of things. A lot of it's maybe not for me and that's not everything's for everyone, is it? It shouldn't be. Um, but I, I like what you do. I suppose, and this isn't even what you do, but in the matchmaking world, it's the Haredi side that sometimes I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't know about that. Because you don't know often if the women or the men 
wants to go ahead and get married and there's an is an indication that they're being forced to or that the coercive pressure in their community is too strong what do you say to that there's a strong pressure in more observant communities to get married and build a family in general the whole society our whole society is built on families i grew up in america in philadelphia we moved to israel just over two years ago and one of the major differences is community israel is very very strongly community oriented but what does community mean Community means married couples living, building families and lives together. And so to be somebody who is not married in the community, it, it, it like, it creates a desire. I want to be like that too. I want to build the community. I want to build my family. I'm ready to move ahead. I don't, I'm not chasing independence and I'm not chasing fixing the world before I fix my world, before I make my home, before I build my foundation. So, um, there's a strong desire for that, but I don't see it like the negative lens or somebody that's going, Oh, they're being forced into it. Yes, of course. Could it happen? Yes. Does it happen? Of course it does, because there's good and there's bad in the world. Majority of the time, is that what's happening? No. Majority of the time, people are getting into relationships and building because that's what they want to do, because this is what we do, because we are family-oriented people. I mean, we're our whole culture, our whole every, every culture, every people is built around family. If we weren't, we wouldn't be able to exist. You and I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for family. That is the foundation of the world. That's true. That's true. I suppose with regards to the Haredi community, it depends who you talk to. Uh, when I talked to, like, Frida Weisel was very good, and I think she agreed. She left the community, but she agrees, I think, very much with you about it. And then, like, Julia Hart was very uh, against another Netflix uh, Jewish-related person, but she she was very angered by the whole thing. And I had Javi Weisberger on, who you know, and 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 one, one person who believes that they were raped on their wedding night because of the coercive control. And maybe it comes down to what I was trying to say before about the sort of collective versus the individual. Uh, if you to have such a collective community. And there were such beautiful things said about the Haredi community by Frida Weisel. She was telling me like the way that people would gather uh, in the evenings for storytelling and stuff that, because we're watching TV, we don't get that. That you, you get so much communal stuff from that, which I think Tremendous. is really beautiful. We've lost a lot of that, haven't we? At the same time, to get that, the only way to get that, I think, in, in a really authentic way, is you have to sacrifice some individual freedoms. Um, which I can't, that's not how, so I'm very individualistic on in that sense, but you, you sort of have to do what the family coerces you to do. And, and maybe that's the balance of it. I mean, when, when you get married and God willing, you should have children, you're going to see there are responsibilities that come with it. And this whole, I'm an individual and I'm independent and I can do what I want and when I want and how I want and where I want with whom I want. It doesn't exist. It's not, our whole world is not built on that. Our whole world is built on communal living and this expectation that we support each other and that we're here for each other. I should be the best person I can be. Yes, within my family, within my community. Yes, for myself, for the world also. But, but there, there, there's always this balance. And I think, again, the modern world has bred us to believe that I have to go chase my dreams and accomplish that, but like on my own, like go out onto your own, do your own thing, be your own person. And I just don't think that that's the way the world is built. It's, you know, children come into this world, they're supposed to be there, they're literally attached to us, they need us, we need them. It builds love, it builds confidence, it builds 
tremendous joy and and you can't get it any other way. Any other dream you chase, any other success you have will never be as great as that success that you have by building your family, building your community and therefore building the world. It just it just doesn't exist. So like I get the individualism, it's a thing. It's a modern day thing. But it's not something that's gonna, it can't live on forever because it's solo and everything about this world feeds one on the other. The environment, the food, the water, the sun, the air, like we, it's just the way that our world is built and we're built that way too. We have to count on each other. We have to, we have to be together. And yes, we can be independent, unique individuals. Look, I'm, I'm a mother of five. I have five children from ages nine to 19. We have a dog. She's pregnant. We're going to have puppies soon. Oh. Right? We're, we're building a whole, right? Our whole world. And I, there's this show and I'm doing a world tour and trying to inspire the world. And I'm doing my own thing also while I have a family and doing it. My, my, my wisdom to the world is, you can have your family and change the world too. You can have your family. You can be independent also. There is a balance. It's not one or the other. It's how do we bring those things together to build ourselves, to build our world. And that's that's it. See, I think I think you talk a lot of sense. Uh, I think personally, I think everything in moderation. I think you know you can't be too individualistic, uh, not care about the greater community, and all. You know, you live in a society, as they also say in, in, in Seinfeld. He always says, "We live in a society," and people aren't uh, you know adhering to the societal <laughs> rules and things. Uh, right. I think that's important. But just personally, I think when it's like you're being pushed to marry a certain person and things like that, I, it's not good. It's not good in the secular world either. How many people call me and they're like, "I said, why are you here?" And they said, "Because my mother signed me up. She wants." me to get married i said tell your mother you're fine there's nothing wrong with you when you're ready to meet your person call me back i literally turn them away i can't have your mother wanting it more than you do it doesn't matter whether you're secular or religious it happens because there are people in our lives that want things for us so there are differences between the secular and the religious community but we also have to look at the similarities and in terms of being pushed to get married yeah you I don't know, but if you gave me your mother's phone number, I'm pretty sure she's been waiting for a while for you to make this happen. And for grandchildren, she's still going to nudge, you know, like they, yeah. they, they want this, but they can't want it more than you do. And, and yeah. yes, you're going to find good and bad. And, but I think there's a greater good, or at least I look at the world with the, the glass half full. It doesn't seem half empty and it doesn't seem like a horrible, terrible place to live. It seems like a good place to live, a good enough place to live and a place that I can make an even better place to live. So that's just yeah. my, that's my Elisa view. No, I love that. And I think that is different to the Haredi community. Cause as you say, if the, if, if the mom wants it, if the parents want it more than the actual person, you will turn them away. But we know that in some extreme parts, not all but in some extreme parts of not just uh, judaism but other religions it's it's not about what that person wants um but yeah I, I think what you do is is the happy sort of medium i quite like that and for that reason i think people need to go and see jewish matchmaking on netflix which is a, it's just it's a lot of fun to watch i love watching shows like that <laughs> and you're brilliant in it absolutely brilliant and it's it's great and it gives you an eye a, a window into a world a lot of people won't know about and i think i think really do go and watch that and go and follow Eliza ben shalom on instagram is that is that that's the those are the things you think? That's a, that's a, yeah, that's the best place to find me. We have lots of courses and coaching and programs. It's incredible and I have a lot of energy. So if you if you like positive energy, you should totally follow me and if you don't and you like gossip, you should follow Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Thank you, Elisa. It was absolutely fascinating talking to you. It was great talking to her, everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Was that interesting for people who are not Jewish? Do you find some of this offensive, the idea that, you know, any community just wants to date one another? Or is there something in what she is saying about levels of happiness and compatibility when people all come from one sort of background? It's a a fascinating topic and one that I don't think has any easy answers follow her on instagram elisa ben shalom you'll get her on youtube like that as well and watch her netflix program jewish matchmaking lots of big episodes coming up as usual i'll see you next time judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.